Now you're already wondering, who is our new pastor that comes up with a football? <laughs> right? Well, I do love sports. But in my hands, this is just a football. Okay? In fact, if it were a baseball or a basketball, it would just be a ball. But in Tom Brady's hands, it's worth millions, isn't it? It depends on the hands. It depends on the hands. The question I want to ask this morning is, whose hands is your life in today? Whose hands have this church? Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Our strength and our Redeemer. Hide me behind the cross, O oh God, that these words may be your words. And for all that I miss that you would want me to say, Lord, I pray that you would fill in the blanks. That your word, your gospel, would be revealed today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the fourth sign that Jesus said that John, the gospel John tells us about. On a succession of weeks, first Jesus turns water into wine at a wedding. He then heals a man's son at a distance. He then heals a paralytic at a, at a pool. And so now he's teaching. There's 5,000 men, which probably means there's at least 15, if not 25,000 people that have gathered there to hear Jesus, and they're hungry. And so, Jesus tests his disciples. He tests them. I think he wants to know how far they have come. They saw the miracle at the wedding feast. They saw the healing of the man's son and the paralytic. Would they respond in faith? Would they respond in faith? The people are hungry. Jesus sees their needs. So, let's take a look at this. I think in order for us to really put our lives in Jesus' hands and put this church in Jesus' hands, we've got to let go of the limits that we put on our lives. Let go of the limits. What does um, what does Philip say? Now, I always kid. Where's Brian? I always kid that Philip was the chair of the finance committee. <laughs> you know, and please forgive me, Brian. I'm sure you'll have your turn in in, in gigging me a little bit. Philip answered Jesus, six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. Uh, Philip saw the limitations. And the problem that we have in our society today is that we, we get bombarded with limitations. Radio, television, friends, family, 
They're always telling us what we cannot do rather than what we can. I would think that Jesus would have said to Philip, come on, Philip, let go of the limits. Don't limit me in your life. Don't limit me in our work. Let's see what God can do. And then, Andrew. Andrew steps forward, and for just a moment, Andrew sees with spiritual eyes. For letting go of our limits is not enough. The second is that we've, we've got to be willing to see with spiritual eyes. And Andrew did that for just a moment. He heard what Philip said, and then he said, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, there's a lad here with five loaves and two fish. And then he realized what he said. And he goes, oh, <laughs> what is that among so many? Andrew was almost there. Almost. He was seeing a little bit. See, it was Andrew, John tells us, that brings Peter to Jesus. Andrew was one of the first disciples that saw the possibility, that saw who Jesus was, that, that, that saw with spiritual eyes what Jesus could do for his brother. When we see the possibilities of Jesus, there is not a challenge in this world that we cannot overcome. Paul puts it this way in chapter 8 of Romans, verse 37. He says, we are more than conquerors. Or a little, little, literal translation of the Greek word there is super conquerors. Do you feel like a super conqueror? Do you feel like a victor in your life? Or is something missing? Third, and finally... We've got to be willing to surrender our way. To surrender our way. John tells us then that Jesus took the loaves from the boy as he surrendered them to Jesus. He, um, he then gave thanks. Notice there, we often miss that in the story, that Jesus gave thanks. He thanked God in advance for what God was going to do. I mean, we often ask God, oh, God, my, my friend is sick. Please, if you will, uh, be with him in this time of trial. We, we ask for, for God's blessing and for God's guidance within our church. We, we, we pray for our job and for our friends and for our family. But do we thank God in advance and say, Lord, thank you for what you're going to do? For I know with confidence that as I ask, you are already working. Do we thank God for true surrender? comes with the expectation of what God is going to do when we ask. Now, here's the deal on surrender. My guess is that all of us, I know that I'm in this boat, have part of our life that we need to surrender. Right, Alan? <laughs> we got, you know, we want to put it in the closet. Kind of hide it from our friends and our family. And I invite you today to take a step of faith and surrender that which you're holding on to. 
for if we are truly going to put our lives and our church in Jesus' hands, we've got to surrender. Now, I'm going to go on another step in this and, and guess that someone in this room has not yet made a commitment to Jesus Christ. You know, you, you come to church. You're here because of your family or your friends or, or, or because you're curious or maybe because of, of, uh, of that, that you see the good in the church, but you haven't yet taken that step of surrender. I invite you to take that step today. To say, Lord, I don't, I'm not sure I know what this means, but I know that I'm surrounded by those who have joy whose lives are in your hands, and I want that for me. Will you? So this morning, as we begin together, join me in letting go. Letting go of our way, of our will, of what we want. Let us, uh, with confidence and with hope, Let us see the future with spiritual eyes. And let us in all things surrender and commit wholly to what Jesus wants for us individually and as a church. For with that, as Jesus said, all things are possible. Two stories as I close. John Ed Matheson tells the story of a a child that he ran into in a... a, uh, in a children's Sunday school class. And it's really interesting. They, they were trying to teach the kids giving. And so they were going to make the kids, they were going to have the kids give, uh, do these churches. And so I, did, I came back and I, and I did that at my church. And exactly the same thing happened to me. I, I walked in and I, the, the kids were building their little churches to put their offering in. And this one little boy was really working on his. And I picked it up. And he said the same thing that John Ed Matheson had, had said to him. He said, preacher, be careful. You've got our church in your hands. Well, friends, we do have our church, this church, in our hands. But maybe it's time to put it in some other hands. One night, parents heard the lightning, the thunder. A mom ran to her, child, to her little boy's room. He was five years old. She knew that he would be afraid of the storm. And when she got in there, he had, he had uh, he'd spread the drapes, and he was standing on the windowsill, and he was yelling at the top of his voice as the lightning would flash. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again. I stand before you today and proclaim to you there is a lad here with five barley loaves and two fish. And though our reason says, what is that among so many? In the hands of Jesus. Wow. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Jesus. Do it again. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you.
And we pray, Lord, that, and, for, and ask for forgiveness for the times that we have taken our lives and your church into our hands without consulting you. And so now, oh God, we offer it to you and pray, Lord, that you would do your work among us. There is, oh God, a lad here, insignificant, weak, but willing. And so, oh God, we place it in your hands. Amen. I don't believe it's any accident that when the Gospels uh, tell the story of the feeding of 5,000, all four of the Gospels tell it. It's the only miracle other than the resurrection of Jesus that all the Gospels include. And I think the reason for this is the power that the disciples saw in the image of bread. Jesus is the bread of life. He says there in chapter 7 of John... I am the bread of life. And and so in these moments, as we come to Holy Communion, we celebrate that life. We join in that life. And I truly believe that it's in these moments of Holy Communion that heaven and earth get the closest. On the road to Emmaus, Luke tells us that two men there encountered the risen Jesus. But it was in the breaking of the bread that they saw who he was. And so today, in the breaking of this bread, may we too see Jesus and may we hear both the words of forgiveness, love and mercy, but the words of wisdom and direction for our lives and for our church. For on the night that Jesus betrayed, he took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said to his disciples, Drink from this, all of you, and be thankful. Now, I want you to know this, that every Passover meal, there is a place that is set for the Messiah, should the Messiah come to that particular meal. And, And... the cup that sits at the place, the, the empty place prepared for the Messiah is called the cup of joy. It is the Messiah's cup. I, I believe that on that night as Jesus instituted Holy Communion for his disciples, he reached out and took the Messiah cup, the cup of joy. Can you imagine the anticipation and the, and the excitement of the disciples as they saw Jesus take that cup as they had anticipated their entire lives for the Messiah to take it. And he lifted it up and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from this, all of you, and be thankful. And the world has never been the same. Let us pray. Lord God, in the breaking of this bread and the blessing and receiving of this cup, we ask that you would be for us, our salvation and our hope. I pray, Lord, for every person that comes to this altar today, that as they receive the bread and the cup, that they would receive again the the confirmation of their salvation. And I pray, Lord, for every person that may sit in this room that have questions about their faith, that in the breaking of this bread, they may see you and know you as the Savior and Messiah of all creation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. As you come to receive Holy Communion today, there will be dismissals after each uh, of the uh, gatherings here in servings. Um, if you leave an offering at the altar, it will be used for our outreach ministries, and so you are welcome to do so. Every, 100% of those donations go directly to those persons in need. We invite all those who proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior. We make no distinctions in, in our expression of the faith of denominations or church affiliations, but we invite all who proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so I invite you this day to come receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please come.